Hi, y'all. It's Dana just coming at you to let you know, since you're listening to older podcasts and maybe you haven't heard yet, I now train and certify decluttering coaches in my no mess decluttering process. Go find out if there is a coach who is near you who can help lead you through the decluttering process. Go to declutteringcoaches.com. That's my website. Everyone listed there is trained and certified by me. We now have coaches all over the world. If there's not somebody near enough to you that they can come and help you in person, most of our coaches also offer virtual coaching. And that has helped a lot of people be very successful in working through their clutter. If you are interested in becoming a decluttering coach, go to declutteringcoaches.com, find out about taking the decluttering coach training course and find out what it means to then pursue certification. All right, now go enjoy the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I am the author of Organizing for the Rest of Us and several other books. And I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. As I figure out what works in my own home, I don't know, y'all. I'm trying to redo that intro because I really don't write a whole lot of blog posts anymore. But then I get mixed up because it all just kind of comes out of my mouth. And I know there are a lot of y'all who have told me that you have it memorized. So I guess I need to come up with a better way. Anyway, whatever. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing. That's what the whole point is, right? This is podcast number 333. And I am going to call it nature or nurture question mark. And I'm just going to tell you right now that there's a decent chance I am going to mix up the word nature and nurture at different times. It's just going to happen and and just use the context clues and know which one it is that I meant. That's the beauty of um, these kinds of content forms where I can't go back through and just change one little word. But anyway, um, so I started thinking about this when I was interviewed for a podcast called How She Moms. And it was a great interview. I had so much fun talking with the host. I believe that's actually coming out this week. But she asked me that question. She said, do you think it's nature or nurture? And I know that I'm going to mix up the words because I mixed up the words as we were talking. But it's just gotten me thinking a lot about it. I mean, it's something I've thought about before. I know I've talked about in different forms. But I have a lot of thoughts and I have a lot of feelings on this subject, nature and nurture. Uh, I do want to make sure that I say from the very beginning that I am not an expert on nature or nurture. I am not a mental health professional. I am not a psychology major. I am just me. But I do feel like I have some interesting experience that is unique. Um, I have a lot of anecdotal evidence. I'm not basing this on scientific research. I'm just saying 
anecdotally, I have heard from a lot of people specifically about the subject of cleaning, specifically about the subject of having intense struggles in the area of keeping their house under control. And people tend to pour out their hearts and their stories to me on this specific subject. So I do feel like I have a unique perspective in that. And my perspective is just based on what I've heard from people, what I've experienced on my own. So I have heard a lot of stories, like a lot of stories from people. And they range from stories about how their mother was super duper organized and clean and they had intense schedules and they always, you know, felt completely misunderstood by their mother. And then, you know, none of the things that their mom tried to teach them actually then transferred into their own home. And it's like they had to relearn everything completely. I have heard from people who grew up in hoarding situations and never learned the basic skills, you know, and, and, and blame their own situation on, I never learned, learned the basic skills. All of that's true. Like all of these things, everybody's personal experience, you're, you're it is correct. Like it, it, your experience is what you experienced. Okay. And I think that there's some truth in all of those, but I also hear and see comments about, oh, well, you know, I suppose some people were never taught to keep their house under control. Or I suppose, you know, some people never, you know, must not have grown up in a house where they saw it modeled how to keep it under control. And that's where I have to step in and go, you know, I saw it modeled. My mom's house was under control. It was never a question that dishes were going to be done right after dinner. It was just never, the house was never a total wreck in my memory, you know, and, and she did, she put all sorts of routines and cleaning schedules and expectations and did her best to teach me things. Um, and then I was, you know, when I got out of my own, I was like, okay, well throw that all out the window. Not that I really remembered any of it because I didn't care and I wasn't really paying attention. I was just kind of doing what it was that I was required to do. And I was like, okay, I got to figure all this out. Like just (laughs) throwing away, I guess, all of the things that I had been taught. But you know, there's just, and I'm a mom of teenagers, y'all. And I'm sorry, but uh, I love them. I, I have to say that. I love them. They're great. They're so much fun. It's probably my favorite stage of parenting so far. However, there are things that I'm like, I know for a fact, I taught you that probably even wrote about it on my blog and recorded it for all of history and all of the internet. But um, they pretend like they don't know. And or they have completely forgotten or whatever. And it's, you know, I could be mad, except that I look back at look back at my own. I'm sorry. (laughs) I look back at my own experience. This is not going to be a good day if I'm laughing at all my own jokes and my own mistakes. Um, But I look back at my own experience and I'm like, yeah, I was the same way, right? Like, I know my mom taught me these things. Like, I know for a fact she taught me these things. And yet you become your own person and you're going to take some of the things that you learned and you're going to, you have to make it your own or it's never going to actually impact your house. Like you either make it your own because you say that is makes sense to me. And that's how I'm going to do it. Or you say, 
I didn't like doing it that way. I'm going to come up with my own way. And then you fail miserably and have to go back to her way. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, there is nature and there is nurture. Okay. Nurture, if we're just going to define these terms off the top of my head, nurture would be what you're taught, what is expected of you, what's required of you, what what you are managed to do in your growing up process. Like, are you taught all of these skills? Nature is how you actually operate. You know, um, the, the project mentality. You know, one of the number one things, well, the number one thing that I hear all the time, every day from people And I don't say that like, I'm so tired of hearing this. Oh, I love hearing it. Like, I'm just like, yes, there are so many of us out there. But the thing I hear all the time is like, I finally feel like somebody understands what goes on inside my brain. Well, that's the nature part, right? It's the what goes on inside my brain. How how do I think? How do I operate? Do I have slob vision? Do I have this inability to see incremental mess. That's me. That's so much of what I have done in this starting a blog in 2009. And then, you know, talking about it, writing books, all the stuff that I do is figuring out what is going on inside my brain that naturally results in a house that's completely out of control versus somebody else whose house seems to naturally result in being under control. Okay. You know, what is my natural nature versus their natural nature. You know, like there are people who it drives them crazy to see stuff piled on a counter. I don't see it. It doesn't occur to me that there's a pile on the counter until suddenly all of a sudden I see it and go, oh my word, how did that get so bad? And now I'm already overwhelmed. You know, so it's that I don't see incremental mess. I see perfectly clean. I see completely out of control, messy. I don't see what's happening in between. You know, it just doesn't register. And I've, and you know, I'm not going to go into all of the everything I've figured out about myself, but that's basically what this whole 333 episodes of a podcast are, is me figuring out my nature, okay? But of course, nurture plays a part, but which one do I think is most to blame, I guess? I think it's nature, and yet nurture most definitely can impact nature, but I don't feel like nurture, my experience, anecdotally, blah, 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 not a professional, mental health professional, whatever. In my experience, nurture is so much more effective when nature is taken into account. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local 
Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Okay, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about cleaning, all right? There were certain ways of going about things, and often I say, you know, this is the Traditional organizing advice is written by organized people. Their brains work differently than my brain works. That's why it made no sense to me, you know? And so it's like, it's not that what they're saying isn't true. I am not saying that, okay? I mean, like, I feel like most of us who talk about this stuff and write about this stuff, from whatever perspective, you know, me from working through to my home, we all come to very similar conclusions, right? I mean, but the reality is it's going to be most effective for me if I acknowledge how I operate. What What is it that's different about me versus someone else? Well, I don't see the incremental mess, which means I can't handle as much stuff because if I have more stuff and I'm not seeing the incremental mess, there is more stuff to then pile up during that incremental period. You know what I mean? Like during that time where things are just kind of collecting and collecting and collecting, then, you know, that's the time period where, well, I mean, it, blech. if I have more stuff in my house, that pile is going to be bigger, right? Where if I have less stuff in my house, then the pile cannot physically grow as big as it otherwise could. And, you know, starting with the trash, starting with the trash is something that some people don't have to do because they're like, there's trash. Why didn't you throw it away in the beginning? Um, I don't know, but this is me. I don't see the incremental mess. I didn't have any recollection that I set a napkin right there. I don't know, but I am going to tackle it now. Okay. And acknowledging my nature that I don't see these things, acknowledging that things leave my hand without me having any idea that they are leaving my hand and then therefore become part of a pile, which then attracts more stuff. All of that is my nature my nurture needs to be acknowledging that fact. And instead of me saying, why am I this way? Instead saying, okay, well, then what do I need to do? Well, I feel overwhelmed by this. So I need to do something to combat that feeling of being overwhelmed. 
Um, it doesn't actually help for me to say, well, it should just not be there. You know, I feel like that's where the whole nurture sometimes, no, nature, I don't know, the people of other nature who don't understand that the nature is a legitimate difference in this issue. Whew, y'all, this is going to be confusing one, isn't it? But the, the people who don't understand that nature is a, is probably what I consider to be the most legitimate factor in this situation of a house under control, not under control, often have a hard time with it in my experience because the advice that they want to give is that there should never be a pile. And I'm like, and yet there's piles. Okay. Like it doesn't help me to, for someone to say, just don't make a pile because the piles exist. And so I have to deal with the pile. And so the nurture part of that is acknowledging that the piles happen and giving a strategy to work through the pile that works for my nature of being super overwhelmed by a pile. Okay. And by nurturing my nature of being overwhelmed by piles, by giving myself a five-step process that will work through any pile, any mess, starting with the trash, dealing with the easy stuff, getting out the duck clutter, asking myself the two decluttering questions, embracing that, you know, by giving myself this very concrete process that I can go back to and I don't have to refigure out, which then helps me work through any feeling of being overwhelmed, giving myself that nurture, then over time, the more that I do that, the more that my house is under my clutter threshold and therefore my nature is able to not have to go through that extreme process as much because, because I have nurtured my home. <laughs> oh my word, y'all. Because I have nurtured my home to the point and nurtured myself to get the stuff out so that my nature of not being able to handle as much stuff is able to relax and enjoy my home as me. Do you know what I mean? Because the more I just leave the stuff in my house and fight against my nature and say, oh, I just wish I was like other organized people and I could handle more stuff. I want more stuff. I want to be like them, but I'm not like my nature is not like them. The more I do that, the more doomed I am in my own home. Okay, so let me explain clutter threshold. If y'all are new here and you have stuck through it for this long, I'm impressed. But anyway, um, here we are. I mentioned clutter threshold. I honestly believe this is the biggest key to this discussion of nature versus nurture, okay? Your clutter threshold is your nature, Decluttering is nurturing and getting you down to that clutter threshold. So your clutter threshold is the point at which you personally can keep your own home under control. It is not your preference. Okay. It is not the aesthetic look of having open spaces versus you know, lots of trinkets or whatever. It's, it has nothing to do with preferences or aesthetics or the look of things. I am literally talking about what can you handle. And along with that, clutter is anything that gets out of control consistently in my home, meaning it's something I can't handle. So if clutter is something I can't handle, 
Your clutter threshold is the point at which you have more stuff in your home than you can keep under control easily, okay? And this is the thing that is unique to every person. This is the thing that is nature, okay? This is the thing about you that accepting that a clutter threshold is a thing is a huge step in getting your house under control. Realizing that the answer is probably not getting organized. The answer is probably decluttering, getting stuff out of your house. So accept that a clutter threshold is a thing. Accept that you have one. And if your house is consistently out of control, you are over your clutter threshold. You have more stuff in it than you personally can keep under control easily. Okay. And then decluttering. So you accept that you have you accept that it is a thing. You accept that you have one. You accept that you're not at it if your house is out of control. And then you take the action, the nurturing of decluttering, of getting stuff out of your house, knowing that it's a thing, knowing you're not there. And you declutter to the point, you get stuff out of the house to the point where you realize one day, and it's an ambiguous feeling that just hits you out of nowhere. And you go, wait, I don't know if ambiguous is the right word, but you know what I mean? Like it's this feeling that hits you where you realize, oh, wait, my house is under control. I can do this. Like I, it's not getting crazy all the time, the way that it used to all the time. Instead, oh, okay. Yeah, I can handle this. That's your clutter threshold. Okay. So you nurture yourself by decluttering to the point where you hit that nature clutter threshold. Okay, now here's where this comes into play in the whole like someone nurturing someone else. This is the number one thing as both a parent and a daughter that I think is most often missed in this issue. Okay, acknowledging that each person, each individual has their own clutter threshold. And when you are in the place of the being the nurturer, acknowledging that their clutter threshold, the person that you're nurturing, is not the same as yours. Okay. I mean, I could say it's probably not, but it just isn't. Like everybody's different. Everybody's unique. We all have our own clutter thresholds. So acknowledging they have a clutter threshold that is unique to them, And the best way to nurture them is to acknowledge that they have a clutter threshold and to, you know, if you're in the place of nurturing, you're in the place of helping to determine how their space is going to run, how it's going to operate, then help them declutter, help them declutter, you know, with, when it's your kids, then you get some say in that, right? Like, I mean, I get some say in how my kids' rooms function and operate. And so helping them declutter is a way for me to nurture them to the point where then their amount of stuff in their space or in our home or whatever matches their nature, what they can handle what they can keep under control. Okay. So this is the one thing, and my mom knows this, we talk about it, but it's the one thing that I wish my mom would have known. 
but I hadn't written the books yet, you know, because I didn't know these things. I hadn't figured it out. All right. But it's the one thing where I feel like, okay, that would have been her getting stuff out, helping me declutter would have been so much more helpful to me than all the help that she did organizing my stuff. Okay. And it's because we have very different clutter thresholds. My mother can handle a lot of stuff, like so much stuff. She can handle it. She can keep it under control. She knows where it is. She can get it all organized. So she has a very high clutter threshold. She can have a lot of stuff without it being clutter, without it being out of control. I have a low clutter threshold. I can't handle a lot of stuff. And so she was trying to nurture me according to her nature, meaning the solution is just has to be organizing, right? Because for her, the solution was organizing. But for me, the solution was decluttering. The solution was getting stuff out. See what I'm saying? Okay, so that's the thing. So one of the reasons, so I had this conversation with the How She Moms podcast. And then, uh, I mean, I think it was like that day, maybe two days later, I don't know. But um, I got tagged in this photo of my college choir, my first year of college. And wow, we looked so young. But anyway, so I got tagged in this, um, this picture. And I uh, was so excited, you know, it was like, Oh, my goodness, and I'm looking at people. And then I'm like, becoming friends with people that I haven't seen in 30 years or more. And uh, so, you know, it's just one of those fun things. And then um, people just started kind of reminiscing things about this choir and we would go on, we went on tour every semester. And so we're having this conversation and people, uh, somebody said, one of my best friends from college said to me, Hey, do you remember how you had a sewing machine and we hemmed all of those dresses for everyone. And we didn't have any black thread because the dresses were black and we only had neon green thread. And so we used a Sharpie mark. So we hemmed them with neon green thread. And then we used a Sharpie marker to color all of the thread black, which I was, we were pretty resourceful, right? As 18, 19 year olds. But anyway, so yeah, it was exactly 30 years ago. Oh my goodness. So we had done that and we were laughing about it. And then she goes, Hey, why did you have a sewing machine <laughs> college? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, um, my mom sent me to college with a sewing machine. That was my high school graduation present. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I took a sewing machine to college and everything else that you could possibly ever need or want 13 hours away from home. I mean, really, she sent me with a sewing machine. Y'all, I didn't know how to sew. I'm actually pretty impressed that we even figured out without YouTube how to sew those hems because I did not know how to sew, but she sent me with a sewing machine because she had had a sewing machine and she used to make all her clothes in college. You know, well, I did actually use that sewing machine multiple times in college, which is great. But, you know, I would have also been fine if I didn't have my sewing machine. I, I mean, really, I, I would have. I'm glad I had it. But it was, you know, what my response to my friend was, yeah, I didn't actually even know how to sew. And my mom sent it with me. So weird that I now write books about clutter, right? <laughs> but really, I mean... That was her nature to need everything for every situation. And she nurtured me according to that nature, but I didn't have that same nature. Okay. So I did get this belief, inherit this belief that I had to have everything I could need for every possible sewing emergency in college. So it made sense to me. I was like, well, of course, if you're going to give me a sewing machine, I want a sewing machine, you know, but in reality, I couldn't handle all of that stuff that I took with me. Therefore, it was impossible for me to keep my room under control, you know, but along with that, I want to make sure I say that I have no resentment. Like I, I don't have any resentment over my mom nurturing me according to her nature. And I, I never really have. I mean, I'm, you know, I would say I understand more now as moms, we do the best that we can, right? Like my kids are going to figure stuff out about themselves, themselves over the next 40 years. And they're going to be like, you know, it would have been more effective if my mom had done such and such. Okay. But I have no resentment over my mom nurturing me according to her nature of you need to keep all your stuff. It just needs to be organized and I couldn't organize, whatever. I don't resent that because it's the situation that we're in, right? I mean, like what good does it do me? I also don't resent it because my mom was very purposeful about this was not going to be a divider in our relationship. I mean, she, she, she tried y'all. Oh my goodness. She tried to keep me you know, help me figure out how to keep my room under control and my space, my stuff and all that. She worked so hard on that. And she made the choice. This is not going to ruin our relationship. Y'all, I get a lot of emails from people where it did ruin their relationship. It is not worth it. Whatever side that you're on at this point of this story, it's not worth the relationship. Okay. And acknowledging someone's nature, it helps the relationship. I mean, like acknowledging nature, accepting nature. That's like the number one thing I hear from people is thank you. I finally feel understood and accepted. 
I mean, acknowledging someone's nature makes them feel loved. Okay. That doesn't mean you stop nurturing, but the more important, the more, the more important thing is for someone to feel loved, right? Like that's, those relationships are everything. They're key. So, um, my point is we're all doing the best we can. People in the past were doing the best that they can. All that we have to deal with, I mean, you're the one listening to this podcast right now. So whoever you are, whomever, sorry, (laughs) whomever you are in this scenario, that's who you are. And that's where you need to do the best that you can. Whether you're the mom who feels like, oh my goodness, I wish I would have gotten my house under control while my kids were at home, you know, so I didn't teach them. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. Your nature is that this is a struggle for you. You are working on it. You are nurturing and you're going to show them it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to keep on trying and keep on improving and all that. If you're the, the kid whose mother was either very messy or, and, and wasn't able to teach you skills. Okay. You're listening to the podcast right now. Okay, so you're understanding yourself better, you're understanding what it takes better, you're understanding better how to, you know, help the other people in your life. You're understanding her more, right? I'm saying her. I know occasionally I do have people say, why don't you address men more? Y'all, it, it tends to be the identity part of this tends to be a female issue. <sighs> right or wrong, I don't know. Plus, I'm just talking about my own experience and I'm a woman. So there we go. But wherever you are is wherever you are. So take this knowledge of nature and nurture and the reality of nature and the effectiveness of nurture when nature is acknowledged. Take that and apply it to wherever you are in this scenario, in this story right now. Make sense? Okay. So the the most important thing that I think is key to acknowledge here is that is what's not helpful. All right. So when you're nurturing someone, we're all doing the best we can. If there's ever been a mom who felt from day one to the end of her child's 60th year or whatever, um, that she's gotten everything perfect. I I can't imagine that. Like, I, I think that's just not part of motherhood. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, whatever. But the, the number one thing, you know, the things that I feel are not helpful are assumptions, assumptions that everybody sees the world, is motivated by things, is um, is making their choices according to how you're making your choices. Um, assuming that everybody thinks the way that you do is not helpful. Okay. So acknowledging that we all see things differently. We're all motivated differently. You know, this is one of those things for my husband and I, I've, I've shared many times that one of the sweetest, most loving things he said to me was, when he said, I have realized you're not doing this on purpose because for him to do something, he, if, if he, if he did that or didn't do that, it would be out of spite. And so in the beginning, it felt like I was doing it out of spite. Like I was purposely not picking up or purposely laying things down and not caring or whatever. And when he realized, oh no, your brain works differently he was very sweet when he said, don't take this wrong way, but it's like, there's actually something wrong with you. And I was like, thank you for saying that because acknowledging that, that 
The results of my actions are not the same as what his motivation would have been, acknowledging that I was not intentionally being messy, you know, to say it in the shortest possible version, but you know, that it wasn't on purpose, that I just didn't, that it was not that I didn't care. Acknowledging that was so loving to me, you know, so making, so assumptions are not helpful. Okay. Try to pay attention. Acknowledge people are different. Acknowledge they're seeing things differently and their motivation is different than yours. Thinking that there's only one way is definitely not helpful. Okay. You know, just like that, we'll just don't have a pile. Well, just do it. You know, the word just can be very frustrating to people who don't see things the way that you see it. Cause it's like, well, it's not a just for me. Okay. I have to figure out the why or the when is that going to work in there? You know, it's like you say, just do this before you go to bed. I went to bed and it never occurred to me to do it. So there is no just there, you know? So it's like, what can I put into place? Um, not paying attention to this person that you're nurturing, like not paying attention to what their, um, you know, like, like my husband, you know, he was paying attention and he said, I, I get it. I see it now. I see, how you operate. And then he was able to help me according to what actually worked for me, you know, but not paying attention to how someone else operates is, is not helpful. Okay. And because then it leads to the assumptions and the thinking that there's only one way that the way you do it is the way that it has to be done. Anyway, I don't know. Um, and then I just want to say too, that one thing I have found to be universal that I sometimes think, people who are naturally organized don't understand really the power of, you know, um, and a lot of us, I mean, all or nothing thinking is part of my problem, you know, so it's that small successes are, are such powerful motivators. And often if it's somebody who doesn't, who can't stand one thing being on the counter, then it can feel like, someone making a small improvement is not actually like, because to them, they wouldn't be able to stop until it was completely and totally cleared off. And yet the small success of it being a little bit better, acknowledging that for someone else is key. So I mostly just want to tell an asparagus story and I was trying to figure out a way to work that in. But you know, I've been thinking, so I have my garden, it's pretty much all planted, we may add some cantaloupe at some point. But um, soon, because I think we need to put, to plant it soon if we do. But, you know, I'm having so much fun with my garden. Like, I'm enjoying it so much. And I was telling my husband, I think one of the reasons that I am, and now I'm saying all this, and it may get to be July, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that all died. Everything died. I, I never got any. You know, I mean, who knows? I very well expect that I'm not going to be successful at this. But I am loving it so much. And I think part of what's made it so much fun to me is the asparagus that just is coming up on its own without me having to do anything, you know, because it's the, if you didn't listen to that podcast there, the house that we moved into has a 20 year asparagus patch. And evidently asparagus is not something that you plant every year. You cultivate a patch and I'm assuming you planted it at some point, but then it just comes back on its own. And so the longer the patch goes and anyway, blah, 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 whatever, asparagus just grows like it just grows and we've eaten asparagus three times a week for the last several weeks and this week we are collecting it um to try to have enough to serve you know my family when they come over at uh for easter so like i am loving having 
asparagus. And I think, I'm like, I think my, I think that my gardening energy is being so sustained by the fact that we're already eating vegetables out of our garden, right? Like, because at this point, I have not technically grown any vegetables myself. Nothing that I have planted has turned into an actual vegetable. Now it's fun to watch it because it's sprouting and it's growing and the tomato plants are starting to have little flowers on them, which I think means that tomatoes are coming soon. I have no idea. We'll see. But I'm like, this, this is exciting, right? And it's because of that small success. And I think that if you are the nurturer of someone with a different nature, look for where you can help them have small successes. Celebrate with them over small successes, because that is one of the most one of the most deflating things when you're being nurtured by someone of a different nature is them not acknowledging the work that you are doing, the what you're you're trying to do, and so those small successes, those like yes, you have made an impact in this space. Is it? what I would want in my space? Maybe not. But have you made an impact? Yes. And I'm proud of you. That is going to help them keep going more than, well, but what about this, 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 and this, you know, and I'm saying this as a mom and I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've said that recently to one of my kids was like, um, did you not notice this? And yet when someone is really trying, give them accolades for the small successes and help them spur on to, you know, it's not that we're saying you're done, but we are saying that's great. It made an impact. Wow. You really did a great job. Now let's keep on moving. Let's keep on going from there. Anyway, I don't know. I just wanted to tell my asparagus story. Do you think it fit? I don't know. Thank you to, I have heard, gotten some advice from some of y'all and I did get the advice in case anyone else was wondering when I was wondering on my asparagus story recently, um, that someone emailed in to say that, um, and thank you for that, but that they don't grow thicker. They only grow taller. So like, cause, and they do come out of the ground pretty thick or thin. And so I was, cause I was wondering, I'm like, do I wait for them to grow thicker? These ones that are thin or not? I don't know, but that was the answer. All right. I think that's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> and I will talk to y'all later. Okay. 